first, uh, well, I guess not the first Sunday, but the first Sunday that you uh, were awake uh, for uh, church, and uh, so we're grateful that you're here. We're going to change things up a little bit as we start the new year. Um, what we're going to do this morning is uh, I'm going to teach for about half of the teaching, and then we're going to have announcements kind of in the middle, and uh, we want to kind of increase and elevate small groups in uh, our church, and so we'll give you an opportunity to kind of do that. And then I'll come and uh, share the second half of the teaching. So uh, that sound okay? Good. Okay. Now, when you start off a new year, all of you have probably made some New Year's resolutions uh, in your mind. And uh, one of the things that I hope is the number one resolution for all of us is that we want to listen to God more, that we want to listen to him better, that maybe we will listen to him a little bit better uh, in 2012 than what we did last year. You see, since the beginning of time, God has been speaking to people, ordinary people, just like you and me. And throughout the entire Bible, what he does is he is speaking to us, speaking to us, letting us know that he's there and he wants to have a relationship with us. In fact, that's why he created you. God created you so that he could have a relationship with you. He made you because he loves you and he wants you to know him as well as he knows you. Now, in order to do this, then, you have to have a relationship. You've got to talk to him and listen to him and connect with him. You've got to have communication. Because without communication, folks, there is no relationship. You see, the problem is, is that communication can be easily misunderstood. How many of you believe that communication can be easily misunderstood? Raise your hand. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a hard enough time communicating with other people, let alone God, you know? And, uh, for, exa- for instance, when I speak to my wife, Jennifer, I don't always hear her, especially if I have a remote control in my hand, okay? And even when I do hear her sometimes, I don't understand her. I mean, we've been married over 17 years, and it gets a little bit better each year that uh, we go down, but there are many uh, times still that I do not hear her, and I don't understand her. How many of you who are married have been married 17 years or less? Raise your hand. 17 years or less. Okay. That's about half of the group. And so, men, I want to give you some advice because I figure if you're over 17, I don't have advice for you. Guys, you need to realize two things. Two things that you must understand about women. Nobody knows what they are. Okay? So you're going to live in the dark for the rest of your life. But just accept it. Embrace it. And know that you're not living in denial, at least. I mean, I love my wife deeply. Deeply. But I don't always understand her. I don't always hear her. And I don't always understand her. So certainly, I should not expect anything different from my relationship with God. Now, I will say that it gets easier over time. It really does. It gets easier. But after 17 years of marriage, things change. For instance, when my wife calls me now, she doesn't have to say, Hi, this is Jennifer Bunch. You know? Like, I know her voice, and she knows mine. And after uh, spending some time with God for a long period of time, 25 years since I've been walking with him, I know his voice. It's easier to figure out now between whether it's just my own thoughts, whether it's something I heard on the radio, or whether it's God. It gets easier, just like with marriage. I know my wife's voice, and she knows mine. I know 
how to tune in better. So today, I want us to look at a couple of different things. How do we learn to listen to God's voice? And how can you tune in and hear when God speaks to you? This is embarrassing. Hold on for a second. Hello? Uh, yeah? Just teaching. Kind of doing the thing that you wanted me to... Oh, hey, it is God. Hey, what's up, God? Yeah, doing this teaching right now. All the people are out there. Oh, you want me to tell them something? Okay. God wants me to tell you that you are all very good looking. Okay? Very good looking. Yeah, I told him. Oh, and tell him why. He said the reason why you're good looking is because he created you. Okay? So he's taking the props. Yeah, I'm probably going to need some help in the next couple of points. Okay, stick around. Okay, bye-bye. Now the thing is, folks, is that many of us don't realize that it is that easy that God wants to speak to us because he knows you. He created you, he loves you, and he wants, to know, he, he wants you to know him as well as he knows you. But the question is, will we do that? Are we listening? Are you listening for his voice? Jesus said this. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now what's he saying here? He's saying that you've got to be tuned in. And then he goes on to share this famous story of how to tune into God. It's called the story of the soil or the parable of the four soils. And we'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks. He gives us this illustration about a farmer. And in the time that Jesus tells this story, it would have been a very easily kind of well-known uh, illustration because it was an agricultural community and everyone understood farming. And this is what Jesus says. He says, a farmer went out to sow his seed. Now, when a farmer goes out to sow his seed during this time, he didn't have a planting machine, okay? He uh, didn't go out and try to take one little seed and try to plant it and then cover up all the dirt and Pat it down, that'd take way too long to do that. So farmers in the ancient world, and some farmers uh, in third worlds today, would do what they called broadcasting seed. They would put a bag over their shoulder, and as they walked through the fields, they would just broadcast the seed, or they would scatter the seed all over the place. That's where we get the term, our TV broadcasting, is from this agricultural concept of just throwing the seed out and letting it fall to grow. It's broadcasting the seed. It's casting it. Not one seed at a time, but a lot of seed that's thrown out. And some of this seed would fall on rocky soil, and some of it would fall on the footpath that the farmer was walking down, and some of it would fall in weeds, and then some of it would fall in cultivated good soil, ready for growth. And Jesus says that these four soils that we're going to talk about today are not four different people, but they're four different attitudes that people have. And they determine whether or not you're going to hear from God. So this is very, very important. And he says, depending on the type of soil that your heart is will depend upon the attitude that you have when God speaks. You see, folks, God is talking to you all the time. In fact, within these next few minutes, I believe God is going to talk to you. The question is, will you listen? Are you tuned in or are you on a different channel? I mean, some of you are on the oxygen network, you know, way too long. And we all know that God is on ESPN, right? And so... You've got to get tuned in. And the Bible says that in this story, the farmer represents God. And that the seed that he scatters represents what he wants to tell us, his message. 
and that the soil represents your heart or your attitude, your mind. It's your attitude and how receptive you are to God speaking to you. So in this story, there are four things that we must do if we want to hear God speak. So the question easily for us today is this. How do we hear God speak? How do you hear God speak? Well, first of all, you have to cultivate an open mind. You have to say, I must cultivate an open mind. I've got to be receptive. I've got to be willing to listen to God. I've got to be ready and eager to hear from Him. Because it's very easy, folks, believe me, to become resistant and closed. And Jesus talks about this in verse 5. He says, This farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Now, what's going on here? Well, on a farm, there would be these footpaths that would go through the field that would go in between the different roads that are planted so that the farmer could walk on that footpath. But after the farmer walks on that for, you know, days and days and days, pretty soon that footpath gets pressed down and pushed down. It gets compacted. It gets very, very hard because there's a lot of traffic, not only the farmer, but maybe the farmer's servants. And Jesus says, when the farmer then broadcasts the seed and he throws it out all over the place, that some of it is going to fall on this footpath that has been hardened and compacted down. And any seed that is going to be scattered on that hard kind of uh, surface will never take root. The seed can't penetrate it, and it lies just on the surface. In fact, he says, the birds come along, and they see the seed, and they eat it up before it ever even gets a chance to sprout. And he says, this kind of life, a hardened kind of compacted heart, is for the birds. Because when you can't hear God, that kind of life is for the birds. It's never going to take root. That seed will never take root in your life. So you've got to be receptive. You've got to cultivate an open mind. Jesus then gives meaning to this agricultural concept by saying this, those along the footpath are those who hear. In other words, they hear God, and then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts so they cannot believe and be saved. So what's he saying here? Well, a footpath, folks, has two different characteristics. The first one is, is that it's hardened, and secondly, that it's narrow. Any of you know any people who have uh, minds like that? You know what I mean? Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand. They might think it's me. They're hardened and they're narrow-minded. They're narrow-minded and they have a hard-headed ability. They are not open to the possibility that God would actually speak, let alone speak to them. And no wonder he never does speak to them, because why can God speak if you don't want to listen? Because they're hard-headed and they're narrow-minded. Have you ever noticed that you get different quality of reception on your cell phone dependent upon where you're at? I mean, like if you're in, you know, Delaware County, you get one reception. But you go to Randolph County where, how many, I better not go too far on this illustration. But anyways... You know, there, there just aren't too, too much reception there in Randolph County, you know. And so you get there and it can get hard sometimes. And the same is true spiritually. It's always dependent upon that you have to be in a position, you have to be positioned correctly so that God can speak to you. You've got to have the right reception. You have to have a receptive mind. The point is, is that sometimes we don't want God to talk to us, do we? Because our minds are already made up on what we're going to do. And this leads us to kind of our first barrier to hearing God, and it's this. It is a closed mind. What is it that prevents us from hearing God is a closed mind. It's that hardened 
soil, the soil on the footpath. It's the mind that says, I don't believe God speaks, and I certainly don't believe that he'll speak to me. And if you believe that, guess what? He's not going to speak to you. So what causes a closed mind? What causes people not to hear from God? Well, I think there are uh, three things. You can write these down if you want to. Um, You'll remember it better that way. The first one is pride. It's just pride. If I'm prideful and I don't need God in my life, guess what? He probably is not going to talk to you. You might be here today simply because someone roped you to coming in or you thought, hey, I'll give it a try, but your heart still is kind of closed. This is the person who says, I can handle it myself. I got everything under control in my own life. I can figure it out. So I'm not going to listen. I'm not even going to think about the possibility that God might say something to me. It's just pride. I don't need help. I don't need to pray. Number two, fear. Fear is a mental block. A lot of people don't want God to speak to them because they're afraid of what he might say. They'll say, well, if God spoke to me and I actually had an open mind and I listened to him, he might make me a religious nut. I may become some weird person, a quack, a fanatic. I might be walking around going, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And I might start, you know, having some big, high hair, you know, big hairdo and wear polyester all the time, you know. And folks, God doesn't want to make you a religious fanatic. He wants to set you free. Because the more that you know God, the more naturally you become the person that you're supposed to be. The more you know God, the more natural you become. You become what God intended you to be. The third thing that causes a closed mind is bitterness. Bitterness. When I'm holding on to a hurt, when I'm holding on to resentment, when I'm holding on to a grudge, then I'm not going to be able to listen to God because my heart is hardened. Now, folks, I know a lot of you have been hurt. A lot of you have been burnt many, many different times in your life. And I'm sorry for that. But I want you to know that you've got to let it go. When you're holding on to a hurt, your heart becomes hard and cold and it grows this defensive kind of spirit. And you even become defensive towards God's love. You begin to say things like, well, I guess that um, this is God causing all this pain in my life. And you get defensive and you get closed-minded. And we just started a new year, folks, and some of you got really hurt and burnt in 2011. And the problem is, is that you're bringing those same hurts into this new year. But I want to tell you, as your pastor, as someone who loves you, as someone who cares about you, you've got to let it go. Not for their sake, but for your sake. You're not hurting that person at all anymore. They've totally forgotten about last year, but you're hurting yourself. And you're allowing what people hurt you in in 2011 to come into 2012. And you know what that is? Dumb. It's just dumb. You need to let it go. And you don't forgive people because they deserve it. You forgive people because you need forgiveness yourself. I mean, how many of you deserve forgiveness from God? Believe me. My track record is not that good. And I need forgiveness, and so I need to give it to other people. And you'll never live the life that God intended you to unless you let go of that bitterness. When you forgive someone, you set a person free. But it's not the person that you think. It's not the person you're forgiving that's set free. You become set free. Folks, instead of having a closed mind, here's the smart response. The Bible says this, 
Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts for it is strong enough to save your soul. In other words, he says, just get rid of the filth. Whether it's porn or gossip or whatever filth is in your life, he says, get rid of it. And you humble yourself and then you say, Lord, I tried to do this on my own, but I've been hitting a brick wall and my heart gets hard and the footpath is hard and there's nothing growing anymore. And so, God, I'm just going to humbly open myself and ask for you to help me to cultivate an open mind. Here's the second way to hear from God. It is, I must take time to listen. I must take time to listen. You see, folks, when you're constantly in a hurry, you cannot hear God. If you're always on the go, you can't hear from God. I mean, you miss so much when you put your head down and you're hurrying around here and you're hurrying around there. You don't see the things around you. Uh, my family and I went to Chicago uh, last week. And uh, one night, we decided we were going to go out to a restaurant, Rainforest Cafe. Anyone ever been there before? few people. It's a really cool place, and your kids can climb everywhere, and no one cares. And uh, that's why I like it. And so we decide, hey, we're going to take the girls on this. And so we get the girls in the strollers, and I've got, uh, Jordan, or I've got Shiloh, and Jen's got Jordan, and we're taking off. And it's just a few blocks away. And we walk outside, and the Chicago Windy City hits us. And the girls start crying, and they're like, oh, it's so cold. We're like, shut up, kids. We're going, you know. You're going to have fun at Rainforest Cafe. And so we're both, we've got our heads down, and we're just going. We're not looking at the city lights. We're not looking at the people around us. We are just got our heads down, and we are getting to the restaurant. So we get to the restaurant, we fill our stomachs, we feel good, we come out, and the wind has died down. And all of a sudden, we're not in a hurry anymore. And we start walking around, and we start noticing, like, man, the Christmas lights in Chicago, they're awesome. We start noticing some of the people around, and the culture, and the smells, and everything. Because we're not in a hurry now, we can see it all. And I'm walking down this road, and and Jen's in front of me with the stroller, and I'm right behind her, and I notice there's this bag lady that's coming towards me. Folks, I guarantee that there were tons of homeless people that were around me as I was going to the restaurant, but I never saw them because I was in a hurry. And I see this lady, and I keep walking, and all of a sudden, because I'm not in a hurry, I'm kind of in tune with what God wants. And like I said, folks, I'm sure I pass many people, and I'm not a saint by any means, and many times I don't do this. But all of a sudden, because I wasn't in a hurry, I sensed God say, if that was your mom, would you want someone to stop and give something to her? And I turn the stroller around, and I see the lady, and I pull out five bucks, and I go, hey, I just felt like God wanted me to give this to you. And she goes, oh, it's like random acts of kindness. And her face was beaten down, and she had uh, very few teeth, and she was just beaten woman. And I said, yeah, it is. And she goes, thank you so much. And so then I ran as fast as I could to catch up with Jennifer. (laughs) But I just say that, folks, not to talk about me, but I'm just saying, when you're in a hurry, you can't see what's around you, and you can't see the needs of the people around you. Folks, many of you in 2012, what you need to do is say, I'm going to pull back the RPMs. I'm going to slow down. When you're in a hurry, folks, God gets shortchanged. You skim on your relationship with God, and pretty soon you skim in all your other relationships as well. We have to say, Lord, I want to not shortchange you. Some of us, though, are like, well, God, you can go ahead and talk, but I'm kind of in a hurry, so hurry up, and if you could, speak as quickly as you possibly can. And you know what God says with that? No. You've got to slow down. Luke 8, 6 is the second kind of soil that he talks about. It says the farmer who's sowing seed. In verse 6 it says, Other seed 
fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. This seed began to grow, but soon it withered and died for the lack of moisture. In other words, this is the shallow, the rocky soil. Let me explain this to you. In Israel, in the fields, in the agricultural area, there is little to no topsoil whatsoever. There's just a little bit of topsoil, and underneath is this bedrock limestone. And unless you break all of that up, and then you, or you add some more topsoil, things don't have roots. They grow real quickly, but there's no roots. You see, folks, there's this shallow soil and then a hard rock underneath it. And initially, it'll sprout up. But when the heat comes, it withers quickly because there's no roots. I mean, most plants wither when the heat's on because they don't have roots. This is what Jesus says about this in verse 13. He says, the rocky soil, in other words, the soil that's underneath, not little rocks, but this bedrock, represents those who hear the message with joy, but like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow. And the shallow soil here deals with kind of the second barrier to hearing God, and that is the superficial mind. The superficial mind. It's not very deep. You know, a lot of times we want to hear God's Word, and we hear it, and then we get all excited, but nothing ever changes in us. We're superficial. We're emotional. We get impulsive. But we don't take it and allow it to sink in so that it changes us. I couldn't tell you how many times in the last seven years that at the end of the celebration, I'm standing here in front or I'm standing at the door and people will come up and they'll be crying and they'll go, oh, that meant so much to me. Thank you so much. It really touched me. It touched my life. But a month later, their life really hadn't been touched at all. In fact, sometimes I never see them again. They're touched, but they're not transformed. They're emotional. They have a quiver in their liver. They're like, woohoo! Boy, that was good, Chris. I like that. But that's it. There's nothing more. Once the emotion is gone, once Sunday's gone, Nothing happens because they don't allow God's Word to penetrate through the bedrock of their soil. You see, they believe for a while, but when the heat comes on, they dry up and they blow away. Folks, I don't want that for you. I don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want to be a shallow person. You want to be a deep person. You want to be a person with spiritual roots. You don't want to be a shallow man or a shallow woman. You want to have deep roots so that when the problems of life come, you can still bear fruit. When rough winds blow in, when someone in your family gets sick, when someone in your family dies, it doesn't blow you away because you've got some roots. You're able to stay with it. That's why You've got to take some time to listen to God. You have to listen to Him. So how do I do that? How do I develop these roots? How do I develop these roots? Well, there are kind of two things that you have to do. First of all, you've got to get alone with God daily. And secondly, you've got to get connected to a small group. You've got to have some time alone with God daily. You can write that down. And secondly you got to get connected to a small group. These are the two things that build roots. Folks, if you're not spending time regularly with God on a daily basis, you're going to dry up and blow away when the pressure's on. When the heat's on, you'll just blow away. So each day you've got to sit down and be quiet and connect with God. Now, I'm not talking about hours and hours and hours. I'm talking about regular five minutes a day. We have a a thing at the connections table. Five minutes a day that you can spend reading the Bible, reflecting on it, and trying to listen to God. For some of you, maybe you're like, I'm not a reader. We'll take some Christian music and listen to that for five to ten minutes a day and listen to God. 
journal. Write it down. But whatever you have to do, listen because he wants to hear from you. The second thing is to get connected to a small group. I've been in the small group that I'm in right now for three years. And uh, God speaks to me through those other people. He does it all the time. Because no one has it all together. I don't have it all together. You don't have it all together. We need people around us because you can see things in my life that I can't see because I have blinders on. And I can see things in your life that you can't see because you have blinders on sometimes. I learn from the people in my small group. And the thing is, I want to tell you this, if you're not in a small group, what's the, the problem is is that you don't get any encouragement. You come on Sunday and you got this high, and then all of a sudden discouragement hits your life. And if you're not connecting just a couple times a month, twice a month is what our small groups do, then you don't feel the encouragement. The Bible says this, don't give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. Anyone ready for a seventh inning stretch? All right, here it is. If you would, pull out in your program the Connect card. Uh, that's there. It looks like this. And on the back of it is a uh, prayer request that you can give. But on the back also, this, the, uh, the second box to the bottom is, um, and if you see people walking up, they're not leaving or mad. Uh, they're just doing some things here. But on the second bottom one, it says to receive more information about a small group. And you could check that off and just put M or T or W or TH or F or S. We don't meet on Saturday, but you can check that off right now and you can just say, I want to be a part of a small group because it's the way that you're really going to be encouraged that way. So if you could, if you could take that time, check it off and, and give us the uh, day of the week that's best for you and uh, put it in the offering back here in a second, and uh, you can get connected. On the other side uh, is uh, your information. Please fill that card out. It's a way that we can stay connected uh, with you. And uh, so if you can fill out your name, address, all that kind of stuff, uh, that would help us a lot. Now, we believe so much in small group experiences that we're going to give you a few more uh, over these next couple of weeks. Uh, tomorrow, we're starting a brand new night called our Worship Night, in which uh, once a month, on the second uh, Monday of the month, we're going to have a night in which Derek is going to lead people uh, in a time of worship. We'll sing a lot of the songs that we've uh, sung today. We'll pray about that, and uh, we'll get connected. So tomorrow night at Young's Title, you can see it there, 7 o'clock, um, and all the information is in your program. Also, coming up on Saturday is SurfFest. Uh, what a great way for you to get connected with some other folks if you begin to serve. And so on Saturday uh, at 10.30, we'll be going to uh, the mall, passing out some cookies uh, to folks, and we'll serve. And so that's another way uh, that you can get connected. Now, all of you that are dads, or men in general, uh, there was a movie that came out called Courageous. And uh, it's a great movie, and there's a Bible study that goes along with that. And so starting in January on the 21st, we're going to have a men's Bible study meets on Saturday. So if, you know, you work a weird shift and you can't do it, here's a way for you to do that. And uh, we'll uh, start at 9 o'clock. We'll be done by about 10.30, but we'll be going through how to become a better father, how to become uh, a better man in that. And then finally, a real fun thing that's coming up, and I hope you'll invite your friends to, is our family kind of skate. Uh, it's on the 21st, and uh, it's at 445 at Gibson's. We're going to go roller skating, and I'll be that person, you know, on the side that goes like this with the rail, because I don't know how to skate, and my family laughs at me, and I'm really bad. So that's reason enough to come. But bring somebody with you. Uh, Jennifer and I, the people that we've been praying and reaching out to, we saw them on Friday, and I invited them to that. And this is the second year that they'll come. And so uh, we just want to keep doing that um, because that helps people get connected. Well, uh, if you would, sign up for a small group, and our greeters are going to come forward. We're going to uh, collect our offering, receive it this morning. And uh, if you're new and this is your first time with us, 
please don't give any money whatsoever. Um, we just want this time to be uh, encouragement to you. But uh, if you would, uh, if this is your church and you call it your home, uh, that you would uh, give your gift uh, to Christ and the church. So let's pray. Well, Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for um, the fact that you do desire us to listen to you. And God, we've tried the first half, uh, the first seven innings, and now, God, we want to listen to you more. Would you come right now through the power of your Holy Spirit and help us to hear these next couple of points and would the gifts that are given in this place today be used to impact our community in a great way? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, how do you hear God speak? Well, first of all, we said I must cultivate an open mind. And secondly, we said that I must take time to listen. So I've got to have an open mind and I've got to listen to God. The third thing is, I must eliminate distractions. And some of you are like, it's distracting right now uh, that we're taking offering right here. But I think it'll be good, maybe. Uh, so I must eliminate distractions in my life. Now, folks, you can't hear God if you're crowded all the time with other things, with other thoughts, particularly worries and plans and activities. Because if you're always listening and there's activity around you all the time, you can't hear from God. If you're always listening to the radio, if you're always watching television, if you're always Facebooking someone or texting someone, you can't hear from God. You've got to eliminate the distractions. I must eliminate the distractions. Now verse 7 says this, Other seed fell in the weeds. The weeds grew with it and strangled it. So now we're going to talk about weeds. This is the soil where the weeds grow in it. The seed gets planted, but it gets planted around these weeds, and the weeds eventually strangle or choke it out. So it never bears fruit. Here's what Jesus says the meaning is, in verse 14, it says, The seed that fell among weeds stand for those who hear. So they hear it. Maybe they come to church. Maybe they read their Bible, whatever. They hear it, but they go on their own way. They are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they don't mature. They never grow. Now, this verse right here, folks, is full of truth. And so we're kind of going to go through it a little bit. The first phrase I want you to recognize in that verse is the phrase, as they go. As they go. And if you want, you can just circle it uh, in your program. The first phrase there, as they go. It says, as they go, they were choked out by the weeds. As they go, they were choked out by the weeds. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you are always on the go? You have to raise your... Wow, look at that. Confession is good. But you are always on the go. If you're always on the go, folks, you won't be able to hear from God. The Bible says this. Be in a hurry and know that I'm God. Is that what it says? No. It says what? Be... Be still and know that I'm God. In other words, folks, you can't really know God unless you're what? Still. So sometimes you have to just sit down and shut up and listen. Stop what you're doing, be quiet, be still, and then you can hear God. Notice this next phrase. They are what? Choked. They are choked. The Greek word here, what that means, they are choked means they are stressed out. In other words, they're going in two different directions. I bet all of you know what it means to be stressed out and to be pulled in two different directions. 
I bet you've experienced that in life. And when that happens, the life is choked out of you. Jesus goes on to say that there are three things that choke us out. Three things. The first one, he says, is worry. You can write this down. It's worry. Worries are weeds. Worries are little weeds. And you get so busy with the problems and pressures of daily living that you're not hearing from God. Then he says, riches. You're trying to put all your focus and effort in paying bills. You're so busy trying to get out of debt. You're so busy trying to stay out of debt. You're busy trying to make more money. You're busy trying to live that you don't really make a life. Jesus says that worries and riches can just choke you out from hearing from him. You're so busy to try to make a buck that you don't have time to hear him. Then he said pleasure. Now, that's another thing that chokes us. Now, there's nothing wrong with pleasure. I mean, God created all the pleasures that we experience in life. Pleasures are are wonderful things. (coughs) Excuse me. But he said you can get to the point where you're pursuing pleasure so much that you can't hear God. Well, there are a lot more weeds that are out there. But here are at least three that he gives. Our worries, our riches, and our pleasures. By the way, what do you have to do to get weeds uh, in your garden or in your lawn or in your flowers? What do you have to do? Nothing. You don't have to do anything to get weeds, do you? You don't have to cultivate weeds. They just kind of grow. In fact, weeds are a sign of neglect. If you see weeds in your yard, you see weeds in your lawn, you see weeds in your garden, it's because you're neglecting that area. It means you're neglecting God when you choose not to spend time with Him or not get connected to a small group. You know, what I've discovered is there are times that... um, I don't want to go to my small group. There are a lot of times that I just don't want to go. And it meets in my house. Not all the time, but sometimes. And there's sometimes I don't want to do that. I just want to veg out all by myself in front of a television. But every time that I force myself to get into it, I get re-energized. The fellowship re-energizes me a lot more than sitting on a couch and watching some rerun of Seinfeld. And so the barrier to our distractions, the third barrier, is a preoccupied mind. A preoccupied mind. The soil with the weeds represent a preoccupied mind. And when I'm always thinking about something else, and all the circuits are busy around me, I can't hear from God. So what I have to do is I have to stop and I have to get quiet. There's a story in the Bible about a guy by the name of Elijah. He was a prophet. And one day he goes out and he really wants to hear from God. And the scripture says that he's listening for God and all of a sudden there is this huge windstorm that comes. And he thinks, oh, God must be in the windstorm. But God wasn't. And then this gigantic earthquake, you know, shakes the earth. And he goes, God must be in that. And God wasn't. And then this big fire comes, and it hits, and he goes, oh, God must be in the fire. But he's not in the fire. And the scripture says that it was in a what? It says it was in a whisper. Now, what do you have to do to hear a whisper? You have to be quiet. You have to be quiet. 
Folks, what I've learned is that God rarely yells. In fact, in my whole life, I've never heard God yell at me before. But he often will speak to me in a whisper. But I can't hear God in that whisper if I'm not quiet. Here's the last thing I must do to hear from God. I must cooperate with what he says. I must cooperate with what he says. Now, here is the key to this. God speaks to people who decide in advance that whatever you tell me to do, God, I'm going to do it. It's saying to God, God, I don't know what you want to do in my life, but whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. If you want me to move here, I'll move there. If you want me to go to school, I'll go to school. If you want me to get married, I'll get married. If you want me to leave my job, I'll leave my job. I'm just telling you up front, God, that whatever it is that you say, my answer is yes. Just say the word, God. Whatever you want to say, just say the word and I'll do it. That's the kind of person that God speaks to. Now, if you say, now, God, tell me what you want me to do. And then after some contemplation, and after I do my analysis, and after I figure up on a chart whether that's going to help me or not, I'll get back to you and let you know about that. God doesn't give you his word to do that. I mean, you can debate it all you want. And he says, if you want to debate what I want you to do in your life, go ahead. But just make your own decision. Don't ask me. Rather, what we must say in advance is, this is my answer, God, it's yes. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I'm saying yes to you. And folks, that's the good soil. When the farmer is scattering out the seed, the seed that falls in that good soil, that's the thing that grows and bears fruit. In verse 15, Jesus says, The seeds that fell in the good soil stands for those who hear the message and retain it in a good and obedient heart, and they persist until they bear fruit. Good soil means I hear it. I retain it. In other words, I remember it. I obey in it, and then I persist in it, and I keep persisting no matter what. And this good soil... The bridge that will get you to that good soil. Not a barrier, but the bridge that gets you there is a willing mind. It's saying, a willing mind, God, that's what I want. Not a closed mind, not a superficial mind, not a preoccupied mind, but I want a willing mind. And when you have a willing mind in good soil, things grow. Like I said earlier, folks, I used to think this was four different people. But this isn't four different people of four different types of soil, this is four different attitudes. Because the reality is, in a particular day, I can have all four of these. I can have all four of these things in my mind. Because the reality is, folks, you choose your attitude. You choose your attitude. No one chooses that for you. You choose what your mind will be focused on. And it's only in the good soil, in a willing mind, Do we bear fruit? So the question becomes, how do we bear fruit? How do you bear fruit? I want you to know, folks, that fruit bearing is not an option. You can't say, oh, I want to follow God, but I don't want to bear any fruit. I just like to go to church, kind of uh, roll the dice. Uh, Hopefully I'll get to heaven, you know? No, 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 no. God wants you to bear fruit while you're here. God wants you to bear fruit in your family, in, in your workplace, in your friendships, in your relationship with him and others, and in your relationship here at the JAR. In fact, the whole dream of JAR 2.0, folks, is about bearing fruit. It's about creating some success as a community so that God's name would be made great. And that whole thing is right here in your program. And I would encourage you strongly to take the JAR 2.0 and say, where, God, are you asking me to plug in so that I can bear some fruit? Because we're going to do that. This is the dream that we believe God is going to do in His time. 
This is what it says. It says the vision of the jar is to dream of a place where we embrace the outcast, encourage the broken, and empower the poor. It is the dream of, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do something really cool here. Every time I read one of these, you're going to say this. We can do it. Okay? So we're going to do that. We know God. We need his help. He's going to do all we can. In fact, let's not say we can do it. We're just going to say God can do it. Okay? We're going to say God can do it. So every time I read one of these, I'm going to pause, and then you're going to say God can do it. This might be great. It might be real corny, but uh, we're going to do it. The vision of the jar is to dream of a place where we can embrace the outcasts, encourage the broken, and empower the poor. God can do it. It is the dream of being outward focused as we share the good news of Jesus Christ with thousands of residents in Muncie, Delaware County, and all of East Central Indiana. God can do it. It is a dream of 800 partners growing together in spiritual maturity through small groups as we serve together, worship together, play together, and live life together. God can do it. It is a dream of having a healing center that provides free medical care, counseling, job coaching, and a food pantry to help join God in holistic healing. God can do it. It is a dream of having 200 people a part of recovery programs. God can do it. It is a dream of having a growing, effective children's and student ministry with a summer camp experience connected to it. God can do it. It is a dream to have transportation ministry that helps the least of these have transportation to worship the Most High God in our community. God can do it. It is a dream of sending out hundreds of people out on short-term missions all around the world. God can do it. It is a dream of starting at least one new daughter church. God can do it. It is a dream of having our own building on 20 acres of land. God can do it. Folks, God wants to do bigger things in the life of this church and in your life than you've ever seen before. And you, you, you might say, well, I'm not so sure. Folks, just this last year we've seen God do great things in this plan. I just got the final thing. We've grown as a church by 15% last year alone. We had 25 people that got baptized. And you might say, well, well, it's not just about numbers. You're right, it's not. But we count people because people count. And there are a lot of people out there right now that they're counting on someone to reach out and love them in a great way. And we have tons of people. Many of you are serving for the first time. You're stepping up to serve. God expects us to bear fruit. And we're going to do that. And God expects you to bear fruit individually too. And you might say, well, how do I do that? The best way to bear fruit, folks, is to tell somebody else. When you tell somebody else, it gets stuck in your life and your life changes and you touch others. When God gives you an idea, when he gives you a prompting, when he gives you a learning, when he gives you something from your small group, when you tell other people... That's where the impact comes. Because by passing it on, you grow when that person grows. This is what the Scripture says. Those that live this way, it says this, they listen to God's words and they cling to them and steadily spread them to others who also soon believe. God wants you to pass on what you learn and to give it to other people. That's why, for many of you, when you walked in today, in your program, there was an invitation that looks like this that simply says, you're invited. And all of you know a person in your life, a coworker, a neighbor, a friend, somebody who you know is not here today, and they're longing for someone to embrace them and to invite them. And so I encourage you to take this out and actually invite someone to come back next week because we're going to talk about hearing God's voice. Folks, the first of the year is the best time in the world to invite people to church. You know why? Because they all got New Year's resolutions. And they're like, man, I probably should get into church. By the time you get to Easter, they're like, just send me the bunnies. You know, I'll eat those orange peeps. Orange, yellow peeps. Maybe they look orange when it comes out. I don't know, but... (coughs) So you do that. Invite someone. Don't just take this somewhere. Actually tell yourself, God, I want to hear from you. Who do you want me to invite 
so that we can impact our community. Last thing. I just wonder what type of soil you're living in. What type of attitude do you have? What kind of mind do you have? Do you have a closed mind? Where you're just like, you know, God, I don't know. I don't think you really speak. I kind of come do this church thing because my wife tells me to or my husband tells me to. But I'm really not so sure. And I just want you to know, it's okay to have a closed mind. But if you do, I want you to know that God will turn over heaven and earth to soften your heart. You know how he does that? He sends storms. He sends storms, and then all of a sudden it softens the soil in your life so that you would be receptive. Now, I just want to tell you this. Why go through any storms? Why not just say today that, you know what? I'm in, God. I don't understand it all, but I'm tired of having this hard heart. Some of you, do you have a superficial mind? You say, I'd love to go to church more regularly. I'd love to make a commitment to go. I'd like to be a part of a small group. But I'm just in a hurry. God, you're not the top spot in my life because I'm just in a hurry. Just like I was in Chicago. I'm in a hurry. And you don't see the things around you and you don't slow down enough. And you say, I love you, Lord. But, you know, the fact is I don't spend any time with you except on this hour At church, and I don't do that very much. I need to read the Bible. Ah, you read the Bible. I had a guy one time that told me, he said, man, I don't read very well. Get it on CD. He does now. He reads it, he listens to it on CD, going back and forth to work. It's changed his life. I'm not in a small group. Folks, if you don't have roots that go down deep, What's going to happen is when the heat comes, you're going to wither away. You're just going to blow away. And heat will come. Heat's going to come to your life in 2012. I'm just telling you right now. And if you don't have roots, you're just going to blow away. Some of you are like, no, I I don't have a closed mind. I don't have a uh, superficial mind. I'm just preoccupied. i got a preoccupied mind. You're always thinking about things. You're always too busy for God. There's so much noise that's going on in your life. And the weeds are growing. They're growing all around you and you try to get away from them, but they just keep coming more and more and more. Folks, where we all want to get, where I want to get in this new year is to have a willing mind. To say, God, just say the word and I'm in. So I thought the way that we would close today is... I'd like you to stand up, please. And I'd like you to just have this prayer. It's your prayer, but you can just repeat it after me, just quietly to yourself. But that you would start the new year, not just with a teaching, not just with a card uh, to invite somebody next week, but this is your prayer to your God because he called you to come to this place today. So let's pray. And again, just kind of repeat this in your mind. Dear God, I want to hear your voice in 2012. I don't want to have a closed mind. I don't want to have a superficial mind. I don't want to have a preoccupied mind. I want good soil. I want to have a willing heart. I want to listen, God. I want to be receptive. I want to get alone with you tomorrow, even just for five minutes, but I'm, I'm putting it in my, my phone, my day timer, my computer right now. Five minutes that I'm going to spend with you to be quiet. And as I start this new year, God, I make a recommitment of having a daily time with you. And God, I want to try to get connected to a small group. You open the doors for that, God, and I'll step in. 
Help me to eliminate the distractions and all the weeds of my life that choke my life out. I want to cooperate with you. Before you even tell me what to do, God, I want to be the type of person that says, I'll do it. I open up my life completely to you. I want to follow your path. I want to make fewer mistakes. I want to be on the path for my life that you planned for me. And if you've never in your life ever said yes to Jesus, you could just say this today. Jesus Christ, I ask you to come into my heart and my life today. Make yourself real to me. I want to follow you and know you and trust you. In your name I pray. Amen. Have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place. And uh, we'll see you next week. Invite a friend.